the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys, and uh, with me as always is my counterpart, John Leng, and our special guest again this week for part two, David Greenwood. Welcome, David. Good evening, uh, gents. Yes, good evening, sir. Um, it's a very busy show, so we'll crack on. Um, what did you make of the uh, weekend's racing, guys, today, yesterday and today? Start with you, John. What, what, any, any highs, lows? Um, well, it, it was a bit of a high, low in one, really. Um, I couldn't believe how well champ ran over two yeah. miles. Um, yeah. I thought it was an absolutely superb trial for the Gold Cup. Well, uh, we, we, we were putting it down as a, as a, as a big lay, place, lays everything. You know, despite serious opposition from this quarter, um, yeah. Popeye nearly pulled it off and fair play to him. Yeah. Um, looking at that, you'd say Astoran won the Gold Cup, really. It showed a lot more pace than I thought it would. Um, you know, I, I mean, as well, the yard. I mean, the, the, the yard are just in absolutely desperate shape at the moment. Or, or a lot of their runners this weekend have, have run very odd. Ordinary to, to poor, uh, you'd say. Um, and that was just, you're thinking, two out, can this actually do it? Um, I was flabbergasted how well it ran. I really was. Mm. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have been surprised if it had been third or fourth, to be honest. I, am, I genuinely, genuinely thought it would be last. Yeah, yeah. You know, and wow. Yeah. Mm. Any uh, any punting highs and lows for you this, this weekend, uh, David? Uh, more lows than highs, I'd say, uh, Lee, to be fair. Um, yeah, it's been a t- very tricky weekend. I- I'll, give you one, uh, I'll give you one little high, a, a, a miracle, a miracle at Stadium MK. <laughs> I-, I have decided that, that we've got a really good side this season now that Will Griggs signed for, uh, for Milton Keynes. I, I miss out on, on the big price. Yeah, Will Griggs on fire, and we've got a-, a lad called Ethan Laird on loan from Man United. Anyway. Uh, I think I think we're going to do well. I think we're going to get in the playoffs this season. So I've decided to go in big local derby at Milton Keynes v Northampton, and uh, <laughs> I, I had a had a bet on the football, which is something I shouldn't do. I'm going against all my own rules. Something I'll come on to at some point. But uh, you know, you should specialise and just stick to the horse racing. But couldn't resist the four to five about MK Dons. Uh, three two down with seven minutes to go, and we pulled it around to win it four three. So that was probably the uh, the high because it, when they're the skinny prices, you've got to have a few quid on. So it would have been painful to see that one uh, that one losing. Um, I, I've always the, I've yeah. always said you're a very lucky man, David, I, I, and that just that just highlights it. I think. That, well, you know. it's always good when it's your own team as well. So it's a double celebration. But um, no, that that was probably the high, and there was there was plenty of lows as well. To be fair, far more lows than highs. It was on the horse racing front. If there were horses falling at the second last, going well, I was on them, uh, or making big mistakes. I just seemed to be on all of them. You know, you know, you know those races where they're coming to the last, and you're just thinking, just one good jump, come on, just give <laughs> me that big jump. And if the other if the other horse could make a little mistake. That would be, you know, that would really be the icing on the cake. Every one of those were going against me. I was either falling or making the big mistake, and the other horse was jumping it like a stag. It was, it's, it's a really hard game, isn't it, horse racing? Because 
some very fine margins. You know, as I was just talking off air about Clanders Oboe, who I, I didn't actually back today, but I was watching the race thinking, well, surely Clan's going to come and beat his stable, mate. And he just would not go by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he ran below form at Kempton for me. He, he ran like he'd never seen Kempton. He must have hit about 10 fences um, in the King George. And so I was a bit wary at the price. But today, I would say that was um, a hand of the uh, of, of the grade-A order. He just completely refused, absolutely all the way up the running, just wanted to lug into his, uh, his stable, mate. And I was quite shocked that he did that, um, you know, given given his, his profile and, you know, and, uh, you know, how impressive he's been in certain races. And then all of a sudden he's decided uh, enough's enough. Cobb didn't look great into it as well, I thought. Right. I, I thought, he, he, you know, I thought, go on, give him a couple now. And I've got nothing happening. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know whether he thought he'd probably curl up if he gave him a bang. Probably, probably. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it did look to me at some point, especially down the back, uh, that it was hanging a shade to me as well, I, I, as if he was sort of thinking about it then. Um, and I think that definitely bore out in the finish. But obviously the winner's tough. You know, you can't take anything away from the winner. But um, certainly Clanders Erba would beat that probably 99 times out of 100, uh, all things being equal. Um, for me this weekend, I, I feel like I've left a lot on the pitch. I, I haven't won what I should have won. Um, Fugitive today was nice for the Jimmy Lindley uh, followers. Uh, I don't know if you, for regular listeners, the Jimmy Lindley uh, forces to follow. A fugitive won today, 10 to 1 into 4 to 1. Nice touch. Uh, I had a bit on, but again, probably not what I should have done, but uh, can't complain. Um, Saudi Cup was costly yesterday. Um, did my absolute brains back in the American horse. Um, and obviously, Mishriff uh, decided uh, it was going to mug it. Uh, I thought the tactics was poor from the Americans, cut each other's throats. But, um, yeah, so moderate sort of week. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the, the sport. The sport's been good. Um, apart from the uh, fatalities, which uh, weren't nice viewing this weekend. And um, I, I think... I, I, if Petter had been awake, which they never, they're only awake for the uh, Gold Cup meeting and the uh, and the Grand National meeting, then rest of the rest of the year they sleep. Obviously, um, they'd have something to say about this this weekend. I'm sure of it because there's been an app, it, horses that basically haven't been been even jumping poorly. They've just they've just obviously shattered a leg and or whatever on the flat. It's, it's been quite bizarre. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I've always said anyway. In years to come, I think the if racing's ever to suffer uh, in in terms of uh, restrictions or whatever, national racing's the first one they're going to come for because it. How do you you can't really defend it as well? Like flat racing, they bred to run, they bred to run fast across a field. Flat racing, fine, but you know, when you're asked to jump a, you know, four or five foot fence, it, it, strain on your tendons, etc. That's it. That's the first one they'll come for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else to add? Uh, this Just cutting to his yard. Goodness me, what's going on there? That that really is a, a yard to avoid at the moment, isn't it? It's complete AIDS. Yeah. Just, um, they're just running. I mean, Robbie Powers come over from Ireland today. And I thought, well, you know, let's see how this goes. And two out, it just seemed to cut out completely. 
Do you think they were ever that good there, or do you think they just hit a, a, a right streak? Well, it was it was it was and it, it was one of those streaks where they seem to have sort of four well, probably three of the best five yeah. three mile chasers at one point, didn't they? But yeah. uh, now it's it's just there's nothing that you could back there with any any confidence at all. No. No, it's a, it's a very. I mean, I, I mean, looking at Yard's form. Uh, obviously, I, I mentioned Nicky Henderson's runners. Um, I, I don't. I know Paul Nichols had the one-two in the the, the, the Denman, and he's had Enrilla. But Paul Nichols have had has had some right reversals this weekend. A lot of odds on. Um, lot running poorly. Um, you know, I don't think he's absolutely flying either. But it, I, I don't. I don't know if it's certain yards. Like I said, they give him flu jabs or whatever. Or what, what particular time they do this. Uh, I know, like certain yards have quiet periods at this time of year, but um, certainly worth bearing in mind. I wouldn't be rushing to back a, a Paul Nichols horse at the moment at short prices, anyway, either. But hmm, yes, interesting. Um, right, uh, we shall move on. And David's uh, been very kind to come back for part two after a very interesting insight uh, into David's life as a as a professional punter and basically the the BHA. Um, Making a right Horlicks um, and banning David for what, what was what was it ended up being eight years, um, which we highlighted last week as is wrong. Um, now this week, David's back to give us some juicy tales. I hope. Have you got some good stories for us, Dave? I've got lo- lots of good tales, actually, Lee. I mean, um, going all the way back to when I was in the Beverly office back in sort of two thousand and four, we had a mad Scotsman at the front who used to get really. Uh, emotional over over reversals <laughs> i mean the table would be uh getting a good old thrashing if one fell at the last or one went 101 and got beaten but it, it actually uh reminded me that you were the first man before grus to invent a one-click uh betting sort of uh, service that's actually correct yes yes i was yeah. it was uh yeah i know it was, it was really good i remember that was that was a great little office malcolm tomlinson was in there and uh Phil Curry, Neverlander, and uh, we had a couple of lads from Hull. Andy L, of course, the famous Andy L. Uh, Andy L, the king of Petfair. Yes. Ah, there were so many stories. I mean, if we could have done a documentary on some of the uh, offices over the years, it would have been been gold. It would have been TB gold. Forget Made in Chelsea and the Essex and all of that. This, This is where the real drama happened. You know, when money's on the line. There's nothing better, the highs and the lows. But, um, no, I was thinking back to a few stories. I remember having a lucky 15 in the 90s where the last horse was called Spunky. And I was winning, I was winning about, it was a 10p lucky 15. I was, I was a youngster at the time. But it was winning a few hundred quid if the last one could win. Kieran Fallon on Spunky. I remember screaming at the top of my voice, come on, Spunky. And just people <laughs> <laughs> looking around. Yeah. looking around at me and I'm just I'm just in the moment as you are in racing no no idea what everyone's looking at me for and he got up through the other needle and and won in a, a three horse photo that day at Ascot I think it was a day after the Tatori seven actually but yeah. that was a great day I remember hearing a story about uh, a greyhound trainer who had fallen on hard times because there's not much money in greyhound racing and uh, he had decided that Really, he needed, to, you know, needed to pay the bills because he was struggling to even put diesel in the van. So 
<laughs> to train some of these uh, greyhounds, they used, they used sort of a dog jacuzzi, sort of a dog swimming pool where you lower the dogs in. They can't go under the water because they've got a, a harness underneath them and they just they just paddle away, paddle away. They can't, can't harm the dogs, only water. So he looked in the racing post and he realised that basically one of the races was a match. You know, there was a six-dog race, but there was only two that could win. So if his couldn't win, you know, he just basically realised that the other favourite would win. But as with a lot of these stories, these these people involved, they don't really understand the punting side of it. So he's he's told everybody to try and get a few quid out of the uh, out of the the gamble, yeah. and he's put his dog into a jacuzzi, lowered it in, left it in there a little <laughs> bit longer than it should have been. It's come out. It's come out, you know, absolutely knackered. Greyhounds are lazy animals anyway. They sleep 18 hours a day. It, it's, it's just, you know, it's wobbling as it's standing up. He's put it in the van, got to the track, and uh, everybody knows. They've opened the other dog up at six on because the word's out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the word's out. He was hoping to win sort of 20, 25,000. The dog was, you know... Even money in the paper. I think it was even four to five in the papers, nine to two on the show. And at halfway, there's just booze ringing around the track <laughs> as he stops completely <laughs> tailed off. And yeah. uh, when he got home to the uh, when he got home to the kennels, after a few choice words were being shouted at him at the track, he, he had a telephone message telling him that he wasn't. Uh, but his runners, runners at the track a few days later have been taken off the track and he, you know, he wasn't really uh, welcome back. But it just shows you how hard it is to land a gamble. You tell too many people that the prices, they go completely astray and you'd never win really what you want to win. And that was just one of those examples. I mean, I've been involved in so many of these, these, uh, these sort of gambles and you've got to you've really got to do it well to you've got to keep it so quiet to be able to uh to make anything significant out of them and that's why i really do put you know my hands up and think well if if anyone lands a big gamble and gets the prices that they want to get then fair play to them because we saw last sunday charles burns he went for the last big hurrah 40 into six to four horses forgotten how to jump and ends up falling at the second last or the last when it wasn't going to win anyway. The big treble a couple of weeks ago, the last one, you know, did let them down for a nice few quid. I, I've heard figures, ridiculously large figures, that Bet365 were going to be on, well, we're on the hook for about eight million if the yeah. third one had won in that treble. And it's just so, so difficult. And even just as you were saying about the Saudi Cup, Lee, you have a great bet there. The American horse, big money Mike on. The man, they say, he's got a clock <laughs> in his head. And then, unfortunately, the, the he must have been jet-lagged because the clock, was, <laughs> the clock seemed to be a little bit too quick early doors. And he yeah. set the race up for Mishri. And, uh, I mean, we, at some point, Lee, you must tell your story that, that I remember when you had a big lucky 15 and they were talking about it on the TV. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yes. The last one, you're all excited. And what happens? The gate opens, and yours is lit a Hamlet cigar. But, yeah. um, and what, what was worse as well, that 
I, I was wanting it for about just over a quarter of a million, I think. And um, what 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 was worse was that it, um, a friend of mine had, had got a share in it, and and he he was he was really confident. He, he said, you know, this is this is this is D Day, you know, uh, good luck, blah blah. But this will win. Don't worry. Um, and it's just, it's just. I think that story of my life, really. I, 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 I get very close, but um, I, I, yeah, yeah, no cigar, exactly. Yeah, it just seems to be that I have to do it the hard way, if you like. Um, well, I've got another quick story, and I, I don't know if John may may have heard this story before as well. Um, but obviously, these are all tales and different things, and and they probably get changed over the years, but. The Queen was visiting uh, Sir Michael Stout. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's got horses there. She was going to turn up. Anyway, Sir Michael's been doing, been out in the morning, been out with Michael Holding and all the team looking at the horses, comes back, pops to the loo. Unbeknown to him, the Queen's turned up and also wants to go to the loo. And one of her bodyguards sort of knocks on the door and Stout booms out. Can't I even get some peace on my own effing toilet? <laughs> With Her Majesty standing outside, a little bit uh, shaken. But uh, I don't know if that story got, got moved around a little bit, but that's certainly what I was told anyway. What about, what about that um, owner you, you heard about um, from years ago where basically he, he used to just line his horses up to place and he'd back them place on 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 betfair well lee this is you know these these were times where the betfair markets were just awash with money i mean these were why sort of going back to the early days of betfair everybody getting involved the, the place markets would be as big as some of what the wind markets are now and yeah. uh you know there's obviously a lot of shrewd people there's a, every shrewd punter in the world is on betfair and that's why the the prices are so uh are so um so so good basically very hard to beat very very few people managing to make a living now for from all the professional punters i've known over the last 20 years i'd say 90 percent of them have moved on to do do other things now very very difficult these days but yeah. um Absolutely. He, he was a very shrewd man, realised that, you know, if there was plenty of pace in the race and, and sometimes he would know other owners and he would say, what, what's your horse doing? Is that going forward? And they say, yes, that's going forward and that's going forward. That's going forward. Well, he, well, we're just we're going to we're a hold up horse. We can have a big, big place bet. And I remember a funny thing. I was in a I was in a in running box at the track and spinning Mick, the bookmaker came in absolutely pleased as punch. He says, I can't believe what's happened. I said, what, Mick? He said, I've just took a £1,000 each way at 14 to 1 on this, this particular horse. He said, it's 30 on Betfair. And I said, oh, that's all right, Mick. Great, great bit of business, that. I said, the problem is it's 10 to 11 a place. <laughs> I said, you know, what, what are you going to do with that part of the bet? Which he hadn't even, hadn't even looked at, hadn't crossed his mind. And unfortunately for poor old Mick, the horse came flying through, grabbed second, not far off winning where he could have, I think he got rid of the win part anyway for a profit, but um, ended up losing, you know, losing a nice few quid. So there were certainly, there were some very, very shrewd people around back uh, back then. But like, like you know, Lee being an owner, 
the costs, the cost of keeping the horse. That's what's always biting into your, to your, um, you know, your bottom line. Plus the fact, of course, everybody's got their hand out after the race for a nice few quid. Well, I mean, what if I mean, if you were running horses again, so I mean, I mean, can I ask you a question? When when you when your uh, van finishes, have you any plans to return to the owning arena? None at all. Absolutely none. I, yeah. I've retired my last greyhound as well. Unfortunately, there is no money left in the game. The market, there's, you can't even gamble on them. You can't get the bets on. The prize money is, is absolutely horrific. All of those edges, as far as I'm concerned, they've gone. It's finished. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is difficult. I mean, I, I think that with the books now, it, it is very, very hard to get any kind of uh, serious money on without causing a collapse, especially if they've got you marked down as, or it's a sharp account, or, or, or if, it's, if you say you're back from a certain stable, it is very difficult to keep a lid on the prices. What what advice would you give now, say, to any owner that's sort of got a horse and they're thinking, oh, we could we could land a little bit of a touch for this? What 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 what's your advice advice to them then? You know, how well, would you play? Well, my advice is is you you must really look into to, to finding a race which will suit your horse. You have to put everything in your advantage. You know. I've always thought to myself, if I'd owned lots of horses that were running down south, get them up north. I'd be saying to my trainer, I want you to win a race at Hexham. It's got to be easier to win a race at Hexham or Perth, you know, especially at the moment, the Irish trainers, they're not coming over to these, these Scottish meetings. They're very, very weak races. I'd be, I'd be heading north if I was trained down south. And if I was trained up north, I'd be looking for the worst possible race. I'd even... At the moment, horses aren't aren't worth that much. You know, nobody's really buying horses. I'll be looking at those sellers. If I could find a, a seller, nobody wants to lose horses. Nobody's they're always frightened. Trainers are always they don't want to lose the the you know the income, so they're always trying to put the owners off. Put the damn thing in a seller, land a gamble, and then buy it back if it wins. And there's nobody there. I'm watching every day. Nobody's nobody's bidding for these horses. There hardly any claims are going in. It's too much hassle for people. If you claim a horse, you've got to be at the track to pick it up. You've got to have people there. It's it's impossible. It's not like the old days. You could put a horse in, land a gamble in a cellar in a desperately poor race, and uh, and you'd probably keep the horse as well. And if you don't, it's probably done you a favour anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, what? How in this day and age then do you, do you keep things quiet? I mean, you've heard of stories where trainers trainers want to take take the price before you do. The jockey wants wants to have a bet and have a few quid on, and and then by the time you you get round to, um, you know, looking at what what's left for you that's paid all the bills, um, you know, it kind of kind of sickens you. So so what what how would how, how would you you know, stop that from happening. Is it possible? It's not. It's, I don't even think it's possible, Lee. I really mm. don't think it's possible. I, I just, and that's another reason. Unless you've got the money behind you to sell up your own yard, like the Druids Lodge Confederation, all those years ago, I don't think you can do it. You know, this is why I think the trainers that do best, they have their sons or their daughters riding. They can keep things very, very in house, and that's your only possibility. So unless you can actually fund your own little yard, 
I think it's just very, very difficult. To be honest, I, I just don't think it can be done. I couldn't give you an answer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it's not really a very attractive proposition, is it, owning horses anymore? It's not like that. I mean, when, when I came into the game all those years ago, it was, it was one of my first ambitions to be able to, you know, carve out my own living and afford to own a horse and, you know, and basically, and it's like living the dream, so to speak. But like you said, like you said, I, I don't think I could think of anything worse at this moment in time to put my money in. Um, there is nothing. You can't even go and watch the horse at the track. No, well, that's it. No. No. So what 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 is the what is the point at the moment? You can't even take your mates to the track. You can't do anything. It's just you're just literally putting money on the fire and just burning it. Yeah, and most well, of these horses are useless. You know that's the problem. It's very very hard unless you've got decent budgets. There's not many horses that can be bought cheaply that go on and do well. Yeah, no, no. It's it's not. I, I can remember a, a while ago. Uh, I bought a horse called Thundering Home, and uh, I picked it up for, for, for just two grand at, at, at Doncaster, Doncaster Sales, and and I thought this is a really good buy. Horse looked miserable as sin in its 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 box. It looked like it hadn't been cared for very well, really. Um, and literally, I only had it one run. It got claimed by George Baker for for eight thousand. Um, but they just sent back in the day. They just sent more bargains back then. Uh, I think now you need to be spending quite a bit of money to to get a horse that's suitable to win races and and do the do 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 the job they're supposed to do. I think if you're spending like four or five thousand now, they usually got more so many problems that it's it probably isn't wise spending little money now. I think you know it's, times have definitely changed. Um, John, have you uh, have you ever owned uh, horses before or had had, a, had shares in them? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, you've, you've not. I'd rather have an eye out. I've never had any aspiration whatsoever to own one or be involved with one or anything. And uh, absolutely zero interest in it. Um, I'd be arguing like how it trainers all the time. I know I would, and uh, <laughs> it it would just cause me far more problems than enough. Yeah, so we've certainly painted a, a, a grim picture regarding two owning horses then at the moment for anyone listening thinking they might be getting a share. Um, but David, yeah, come racing. Any... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, come racing. Big Mac, I know. Um, not anymore. Um, but David, have you any, any sort of advice um, for, for listeners regarding uh, their own punting or anything that maybe they could take the, the game to the next level or... Some punters will make money, of course, doing it part time. But I'm sure there might be a few out there with aspirations to do it on. I'm not saying a permanent basis, but take it more seriously. Have you any advice um, for those? Uh, for those I, I have, Lee. I've got the Ted Rogers in front of me. Actually, I've, I've done a little bit of thinking about this because I, I, you know I think anyone who listens, if you're just starting out, and I know there's been a few tweets, people just starting out, just trying particularly in lockdown, maybe a little bit more time than, than usual might be, uh, you know, off work for whatever reason, because lots of, you know, lots of companies are closed at the moment. So gives you a chance here, gives you a chance to really get stuck in. And, and you know, I would say it does take a lot of work. If you're going to win money, you can't do it half-heartedly. I think you either got to go all in 
and really do this properly or, I, you know, I wouldn't bother. So here's my three, two, one. Number three, don't bet tired. Don't, you know, if, you, if you've got a three-month-old baby and you've been up all night, don't sit down and think, well, I'll, I'll have a go at the gambling this afternoon. Have an afternoon off and then uh, just watch it. Uh, just watch it without betting it. It doesn't matter even if you fancy one and you miss a winner. Don't be afraid to miss a winner. Just, just give that day a miss. So two, there's no last race. Don't lump on one in the final race of the day, chasing losses. Now, this is how I remember when I was at the very start. I could get to the end of the day. There's one race left. I'm 200 pound down. There's a five to two on chance. And without even looking at the race, I think lovely. 500 to win two. And the next thing you know, the good thing gets beat. Probably by some 66 to one. No hope for that's what used to happen. Trainer you've never heard of. Jockey you've never heard of. An absolute million does you on the line. And instead of losing 200 in a day, you've lost 700. Now, the next day, you're now starting in a bad frame of mind, 700 down instead of 200 down. And you've got now 30 races where you could look at and find an opportunity where you could have won that 200 back. But you, you're now 700 down. So never think of the last race of the day. Always think of a monthly or a three-monthly figure and just work on that. And number one, specialise. And like I said before with a football bet, I wish I didn't do it. I don't win on football. I, I keep, I've been betting on football and I've been betting on various sports for years and years and years. Yeah. And I don't win on them. Horse racing is my bread and butter. And, you know, I, I wish I could uh, practice what I preach here. But trust me, you must specialise. Do not have the fun bets. The fun bets over the years will be very, very expensive. And they're not that much fun when you're losing. So that's my uh, three, two, one anyway for now. Excellent advice there. Um, John, have you, I mean, you've been quite screwed over the years in terms of, uh, of your, uh, with your punting. Obviously, you know, you work for Sir Michael Stout. Um, you've, you've got a lot of, um, lot of history in the game. And certainly I, I would say you've got one of the best long-term memories uh, of, of just about anybody I've come across. Um, what would you, what, what, what's been the secret behind you making, you know, a decent fist of it over the years, betting-wise? What, what, what do you specialise in? What, what, you know? I think probably one of the things that's in my favour is I don't particularly like betting. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've never really got a, a big buzz out of it, you know, so I'm, ne I'm never looking to that six where, where you're getting a buzz and whatever you, you know, I mean, I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago, if I had, if I had enough, I, I could quite happily just never have another bet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, which I think does help you to be reasonably selective. Um, I tend to specialise a bit. Um, I tend to go for horses I've earmarked as potential improvers. Yeah. And then... Usually when I make my notes, I'd, I'd include in those notes the type of race I'd want to see them in. You know, I mean, maybe up a quarter of a mile and a strong pace, galloping track. And then if everything knits together like that, then it's fine, we're in business, posh, you know? Yeah. Um, not that type of thing, really. Do you prefer, do you prefer flat or national hunt? <laughs> 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 I, I know the answer, but just for our listeners, really. Yeah, well, um, national <laughs> racing, I could like 
I, I bracket that with having my spine ripped out to refer <laughs> me on. Um, and uh, and chose the flat every time, I'm afraid. I think, I think we agree on that. I think if I could advise any any punter, um, you, you know, to do to, to do anything, it would be to try and I mean, something I do all the time. Hence, we've got a column called the Jimmy Lindley Lovely Hands, um, and is look for horses that basically haven't been busy. Watch watch the videos back. Um, I know you'd have you have to basically get a subscription to the racing personal, but I mean. Over time, it's going to pay for itself. If, if you spot the amount of horses that just aren't ridden, you know, to best advantage, um, you've got future bets ready, um, and and that 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 saves you the legwork on the day when you know it's the thing you've got busy Saturday six meetings and you know you're thinking, go where do I start? Well, if you've got like you said, John, you've got like a, a tracker list and you've got a good list of horses that you know haven't been. Uh, ridden to best advantage, and it's a lot of fun as well. You, you you can go, you can look back, and you, you can say. It's like getting your own stable at times, you know. I mean, in the middle of yeah. that, he's now had like 130 offers in my tracker at one point, you know. Well, that's right. You, you know, you, you can, and also it builds your knowledge as well because you you think, oh cracky. So this, so and let's say you land a punt with one, and you think, ah, oh, this team likes a punt um, clearly because they've, they've they've not bothered trying in novice hurdles or they've not bothered trying in maids. And all of a sudden, it's 10, 9, 8, 6, 11, or 2, 4, 7, or 2, and it wins. You feel rather pleased with yourself that you, you, you've you done the work, you've spotted it. You've It's a better feeling than, say, back in a last time out winner that, that everyone can see. You know, the, the speed figures are there, and, you know, oh, it won well last time this, you know. It, 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 I always think it's a lot better. You, you feel clever. You, you think that bit of indication goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that that'd be my advice to any listener there that uh, that basically wants to get a little bit more serious with the game. If if you only punt say part time, or you know, and you think, well, I've got a couple of weeks off work or whatever, and you, you might fancy a bit more of a shot. I would I would put the legwork in and do the research, like David says. There's no shortcuts really in this game, um, and that's that's where we go. Right uh, to finish the show, um, we've got um, the uh, Jimmy Lindley. Uh, lovely hands, lovely pair of hands, where we mention horses that we think have got a better chance than what the market might suggest in future as they've been ridden rather tenderly. Um, John, have you anything for us this week? Uh, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say this was ridden tenderly, but I, I think it was the uh, the subject of a fairly major jockey cock-up, actually. S. Perfecto, and this afternoon... Oh, in the three-mile handicap hurdle at Newbury. Yeah. Absolutely travelled a dream. Um, sat about just in front of halfway back, as I said. Um, came through on the stale to lead at the second last, which I thought was soon enough. He managed round up pretty quick. Yeah. By the time I got to the last, he had nothing left. Um, he's probably done well to finish fourth in the end. He, he actually went odds on in running. This can definitely win off this mark. Probably wants a strong pace at two and a half to two miles six, just to make sure. Um, but definitely has a race in it off, off this particular mark. And uh, we've also got a potential runner on Friday in the Lovely Hands series. All right. Eltham Place. Simcock did us a favour with that Marley. Um 
Yes. Yes. It won second time. Um, this is another Simcock one. They actually had him in after this one ran at to uh, Lingfield. Um, Liam, was that Liam, the one with uh, Liam, Liam Keneary on? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, Liam had to explain his uh, his three furlong spasm that he went through. <laughs> um, the back went. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the last three furlongs of the race. Um, it took to one mile and a half, which is what I think it wants. Um, I think, granted an even pace, it will be very, very dangerous on Friday, that. Interesting. Um, okay. Um, now, I asked you earlier, David, you've got nothing for us on this uh, on this front. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give you one of mine. Um, called Entree Deux, uh, trained by Paul Henderson. Um, bit of a, you know, not, not really one of your fashionable trainers. Um, it was basically fairly useful in point to points. Um, it won. It actually won a point in Ireland, and then was third behind a horse called Temple Breeding. Um, uh, next time out in a, in a point to point, um, and Temple Breeding is quite useful. Um, quite quite a useful horse. Won multiple point to points. Uh, another interesting point to point run was when it was uh, third to move the chains. Um, that horse, by the way, is with Christian Williams at the moment off 83. So get ready for that one. Put that in your trackers. Move the chains. Uh, he's got that off 83 as Christian. Uh, uh, and uh, that will be interesting. Um, that won that won the point. Uh, Entree Deux was third. Philippe, uh, one of um, Fergal O'Brien's uh, that won uh, on Saturday, I believe. Alaphilippe, uh, that, that was fourth in the race. Well, anyway, Paul Anderson's got this Entree Deux. Uh, it's probably ran a bit too well, actually, on Saturday at Wincanton. It was sixth behind uh, Longshanks, never put in the race, completely dropped out last. And as soon as he squeezed it up in the straight, I was quite impressed how quickly it sort of picked up. Um, then got a crack on the running, stayed on strongly, just 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 right in behind them, and and then he had to sort of drop drop the you know drop the reins again, you know, like because it was like it started to real really speed up. Sadly, the it's probably going to get 110, 115, which won't make it completely thrown in. But it's certainly one to bear in mind, as in it's definitely better than what it's shown. And and, and I I would be uh, be finding Andre Deux interesting, especially uh, when they they up it in up it in trip. Obviously, it's, it ran over two miles at Wincanton, which won't be far enough. Um, so Andre Deux um, is uh, en- enters the Jimmy Lindley uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, for your trackers, uh, as does John's. Obviously, John mentioned Elfin Palace um, uh, earlier on in the series, and that runs on Friday. And as I say, uh, one extra one is Christian Williams has moved the chains. Um, he's got that off 83. And oh, <laughs> when, when the dam breaks off that one, I think you can safely say you will be getting paid out. 83 is ludicrous. Um, it's probably 120 or something like that, you know. And they've done, they've done it. They've stood up. They've done it. They've, they must have been a party when the handicapper sent gave them 83. They must, they must, have, they must have been on, on the drink because I would be, I think. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so that uh, will conclude the show nicely. I'd like to thank David um, for coming on the show on two parts and giving his time. Yeah, no problem. No problem, gents. Gents, I'll just leave you with one for tomorrow. A tip for tomorrow. Eclair Mag in the 240 at Carlisle. I fancy that. Richard Bandy's no mug as a trainer. 
You get a good price up against some big names uh, trainers in there. Eclair Mag, number two, 240 at Carlisle. I'll leave the listeners with that one. Lovely. Thanks for that, David. So hopefully uh, you'll, you've took that on board and the bet there for you at Carlisle tomorrow. Uh, on to next week, we've, we've got the usual show Friday and Sunday. Friday to cover the uh, weekend's racing and, and, then, and then the Sunday sermon on Sunday. So uh, thanks for listening this, this evening. Bye for now.